Welcome to the teaching and preaching ministry of Pastor Petrock. God's word is truly quick, alive and powerful. God does everything he does with, via and through his word. Get ready for your life to be shaped and transformed. Your destiny to be modeled even as you listen to God's word from the lips of his anointed servant. Just one word from God can change your entire life forever. Be blessed as you listen. I started dealing with marriages about two Sundays ago or three Sundays ago. Um, and I talked about um, turning your, who can remember? Your water to wine. And he used the story of um, Jesus in the wedding of Canaan. And I brought illustrations for us that most times when we start marriage, we present our what? best wine. Everybody presents their best wine during marriage. But when men are drunk, then the worst wine begins to show. When we are intoxicated, then we begin to reveal other parts of our lives. I'm still in the thought of marriage, but at the same time, I'll preach a message that will bless those that are married and those that are not. Right? Um, but my message today is especially for those that are experiencing chaos or marital crisis. Amen? Then, uh, if you're not experiencing crisis, for you to begin to apply the principles that I will share today so that you would not experience crisis. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, the message is going to be profound. It will bless you, bless your life, bless your marriage. And also bless your generation. Amen. Are we ready for God's word this Lord's day? I'm pregnant with the word. Amen. If you have a Bible, let's go to the book of Genesis. Genesis. The book of beginnings. Book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 1. If you are there, as it is our custom... Let's all stand for the reading of God's word. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. If you are there, say Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. Somebody say without form. And void. Somebody say void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Somebody say darkness. And the Spirit of God was hovering or moved over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, in the midst of the waters, in the midst of the waters, and let it 
divide waters from waters. Hmm. Thus, God made the firmament and divided waters which were under the firmament from waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, place or space. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, herbs, that yield seed and the fruit trees that yield fruit according to his kind, whose seed in its, in, is in itself on the earth. Let's go to verse 14. And God said, Let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and yes praise the name of the lord let's go to the book of corinthians first corinthians 14 verse 40 first corinthians 14 verse 40 if you're there say amen let us read in concert that is together one two three go We are not in Arabic school. So let's read boldly and loud. Praise the name of the Lord. There is power in the reading of God's word together. Right? First Corinthians 14 verse 40. One, two, three, go. Can we shout that into our spirits? Yeah, try and shout it into your neighbor's spirit so that they hear when they leave this place. This word will not leave their spirit. One, two, three, go. Let all things be done decently and in order. What I will title my text this Lord's Day is Bringing Order to Crisis. Bringing Order to Crisis. Heavenly Father, you are the one that perfects our spirit. You are the spirit of perfection. As I bring your word to your people, I ask that you bring light, illumination, and you bring increase into our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let every crisis in this place be sorted out in the name of Jesus. Crisis in the homes, chaos in our lives, crisis in our emotions, crisis in our lives. Crisis in our academics. Wherever there is crisis, Lord, we command that the spirit of order, illumination, hits your people in the name of Jesus. And for those of us that are already living an ordered life, we ask that you increase our order, that you can increase our productivity. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You can be seated in God's wonderful presence. Somebody say order. 
order. What is crisis or chaos? A stage in a sequence of events at which the, the trend of all future events is undermined. A stage in the sequence of events. That means crisis does not just occur. Something has to happen for crisis to occur. A stage in the sequence of events in which all future event is undermined. Or a place of emotional instability where the future can no longer be determined. A place of emotional instability where the future can no longer be determined. Crisis. Crisis. Some of us experience crisis in our homes, crisis in our finances, where the sequence of events concerning your money cannot be determined. You, you, you don't know where the next increase is going to come from. Crisis. What is order? Order is a state in which everything or everyone functions productively in his divine or proper place. Everything functions properly or productively in its divine or proper place. Order is the accurate arrangement of things. Order is the accurate arrangement of things. Order attracts. Disorder distracts. When you see a lady that is dressed orderly, she will attract you. When you see a guy that is dressed orderly, he will attract you. If he's wearing orange suits, blue pants, green shoe, um, purple socks, black beret. That's disorder. Disorder distracts. Order causes increase. If you have a box of clothes, if you just pile all the clothes in the box, you will find out that they will not fit in. But when they are folded and in order, you create more space for more. So when your life is in order, you are actually telling God you want what? More. More. God is the God of order. That is why your nose is not on your head, because the rain will drown you. God is the God of order. He does everything in precision. He ordered your life. The way a woman is functioned and created, you will know that our God is a God of order. Praise the name of the Lord. That is why your eyes is not behind your head. Imagine. Or you just have one ear. Your conversations will be tilted to one direction. You'll find out that if we all have one ear, we'll be drifting like this. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But God is the God of order. He's the God of order. Now, in the book of Genesis, I, I want you to follow me intelligently. Today, I want you to enter into your intelligent, the intelligent part of you. I don't want to touch the entertaining part of you. I want to touch the intelligent part of you. So I want you to follow me intelligently. That means you have to pay close attention to my thoughts. Right? Now, we live in a community of disorder. And disorder has become our culture. In Africa, everything is done disorderly. 
you will naturally just um, buy pure water and as you're drinking it on the road, you just drop it wherever you feel like. You don't consider. You just buy the pure you, you don't even think of dustbin. In fact, somebody that drinks pure water and is looking for dustbin becomes strange in our community. Like Oshuo. Ah. Is it only you? Okay, find it. Go and look for dustbin. We like go to Abdul Salam garage. Find it dustbin. Because we live in a community that is disorderly. Now, when you live in a community that is disorderly, disorder becomes your culture. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your culture. You, you automatically act out disorder. Automatically. You don't think before you do it. So, uh, sometimes... Because you drink your water and you throw on the street, even when you are at home, you drink your water and you just hide it in one corner where nobody is going to see it because you are tired of standing from the front of the television. The program is so interesting. You look in between the chair, you begin to squeeze the pure water nylon in between the chair. And you hope that nobody will ever find it. Then the second time you're doing it, you find out that the first pure water nylon bag is still there. You're like, ah, can another one squeeze in between here? <laughs> it becomes a part of our culture. But if you look at the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis is the book of the beginning. I've said this before, it is the origin. Genesis means origin or beginning of things. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, it is important to know that God, in the book of the beginning, began to show us who He is. It is God's first illustration for us. The book of beginning. The Bible says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning what? In the beginning? In the beginning? Am I in church? In the beginning? God. That means, every beginning starts with God. Every beginning. The beginning of your love life starts with God. Now, if you start anything without God, it is no more a beginning, it's an end. Even if it's a start. Somebody needs to get that. If you start anything without God, it is no more a beginning, it's an what? It's an end. There is a way that cement right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. So in your eyes, it's okay. Let's remove God out of our relationship or let's remove God out of our marriage. The moment you remove God out of anything, you have introduced destruction. Let's remove light from this place. What do we introduce? Darkness. The moment you remove God from anything, you have introduced destruction. If you are in a relationship now, and God is not the center of that relationship, I guarantee you, I'm not a prophet of doom, that relationship will end in... Jesus has got to be the center. God has got to be the center of every beginning. Jesus be 
the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. From the earth to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. If God is not the center of anything, you have introduced destruction. So the Bible says, in the beginning, God. Now, God wanted to show us himself. God said, in the beginning, God created. God wanted to introduce himself to the world. The first verse of the first chapter of the Bible God's first introduction is God created. He didn't say the magnificent, glorious God. He didn't say the powerful God of the universe. He didn't say the magnificent, powerful, faithful, holy God. God was not interested in his titles when he was introducing himself. He was interested in his abilities when he was introducing himself. The Bible says God created. That means the first thing God wants you and I to know about him is that he's a creative being. Uh, That means your title is not as important as your production. Who are you? I am pastor, evangelist, prophet, Pete Rock Sadiq. No, you are Pete Rock Sadiq. Every other thing is a title. And you are qualified for a title when you have a result. So God is saying, I want you to see what I have done. What have you done? God said, I created the heavens and the earth. So before you name your title, show me what you have done. Praise the name of the Lord. I will not respect you because of your titles. I will respect you because of what you have done. So the Bible says, God created the heavens and the... And in verse 2, profound. The Bible now says, in verse 1, God said, God created. In verse 2, the Bible now says, the earth was without. It says, and God created the heavens and the earth. Now in verse 2, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, the question is, did God create an earth that is without form, void, and darkness? If God is a purposeful being, why would he create earth to be without form, void, and darkness? That is a very important question, isn't it? But the original rendition for the word was there. The earth was. Is the word Hayah. The word Hayah means that it means to become or to come to pass. So, if I was going to read that word originally, it would be, and it came to pass that the earth was without form, void, and darkness. 
That means when God created the world, it was not without form. Something happened that caused chaos. Are you following me? I like response today. Are you following me, church? Should I continue? Worse, it means higher. It came to pass or become. And the earth became without form, void and darkness. Now, that is why the archaeologists, when they find fossils of dinosaurs, they cannot understand why we are saying that the world as it is, is just for about 4,000 plus years. Because they find fossils of about a million years old. I don't want to go into that now. Another day I'll preach on the earth before the earth. Amen? Based on evidence and some other things, right? Now, the question is, what happened that the earth got into a place of chaos? Somebody say without form. Somebody say void. Somebody say darkness. Whenever you see these three things in existence, it signifies chaos. When your life is without form, when your life is void, and when your life has darkness, then your life is in crisis. When your marriage is without form, when your marriage is void, and when your marriage has darkness, then your marriage is in what? Crisis. The word without form means tohu. Somebody say tohu. It's the Hebrew word for tohu. It means to be confused. To be confused. Or to be purposeless. To live a life without purpose. No agenda. No target. No goal. No future in mind. To be confused. Today, you want to be a musician. Tomorrow, you want to be an actor. Next tomorrow, you want to be the president of Nigeria. Then, next, next tomorrow, you want to be the president of the United States of America. Your life is Kong. Is a Kong. confused. It doesn't have a function. I want to ask somebody here, does your life have a function? When I call your name, what is your function? What is your function? Do you have a purpose you are living for? Or, you just want to marry, marry another man, hopefully you have a man, and Mary will give birth to children. What will give birth to children? Then, then, our children will give birth to children. <laughs> then when our children give birth to children, we'll just die now. <laughs> is that all your life is all about? Are you without form? Number two, void. Void means bohu. The Hebrew word means bohu. If you understand the word bohu, it means to have space, but at the same time be empty. You know, matter is anything that has space and what? Occupies space and what? 
Hello? Science students. Even if you are not science students, they deal with the primary school. What is matter? Right? Anything with mass that can occupy space. So, but when you say somebody is void, the person occupies space, but the person is empty. He doesn't have weight. He doesn't have glory. He's empty. Who has had an empty wallet before? That's what it means to be void. Or you open an empty account. <laughs> you have an account. But the account is what? Void. It occupies space. But it is empty. It, it is void. So, a lot of us, upon the face of the earth, we occupy space. We occupy space in Nigeria. We occupy space in our family. We occupy space. But our life is what? Void. It's empty. There's no glory. There's no potency to your life. It means to be blank. It also means to be underused. That means you have gifts and potentials that you have never developed. You are loaded on the inside, but you are underused. You... You cannot say, this is what I am good at. You have abilities, you have giftings, but you are not using them. Your life is what? Void. And the third thing is darkness. The word darkness means to be unilluminated or to be in obscurity or to be hidden. To be hidden. You are not known. You are not known. You are not known. How many of us want to be known? How many of us want to be known? The Bible says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Amen? So, it's God's intention for us not to live a life without form, void, and darkness. Now, these three characteristics describe the state of the earth before God stepped in. When your life is without form, void, and darkness, it means that your life is already in a state of chaos. You don't have to be sick for your life to be in a state of chaos. Darkness also means oppressed. To be oppressed means you are living in what? Darkness. Right? I want to get you out of that state of purposelessness out of that state of emptiness, how many of us want to prosper? I want to destroy the spirit of chaos. Now, listen to these thoughts. Verse 2, it says, And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. Now, we are taught that everywhere God is, there is order. (laughs) for the spiritual folks we are taught anywhere the Holy Spirit is there's order we are taught that if you just have the Holy Ghost just have the Holy Ghost your life will be bright and I used to be very confused about that thought 
Because I've seen people speaking in songs and yet their life is not in order. Their life is not in order. Just because we are introduced to the thought that the Spirit of God can still exist in a chaotic environment. Just because you have the Holy Ghost, that doesn't mean your life will be in order. It's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. Just because you have the Holy Ghost, you speak in tongues, it doesn't mean that your life will prosper. I know a lot of prayer warriors that died poor. Just because you have the Holy Ghost, that doesn't mean you know your purpose. It's only that baby that agrees with me. Amen? Just because you have the Holy Spirit functioning in your life. Now, a nation can have the Holy Spirit and yet be in a chaotic state. A marriage can have the Holy Spirit. Two people having the Holy Spirit, knowing God's word, in quotes, can still have a chaotic... A pastor's marriage can be in a chaotic state. So the presence of the Holy Spirit does not disqualify crisis from happening to you. Look at it. It says, the earth and the Spirit of the Lord moved. Uh. So the Holy Spirit is not the protocol to bring in order. The Holy Spirit is the protocol to bring in life. Somebody say life. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord can be in a place and not change the physical condition of that place. For instance, the Holy Spirit is here. Is He here? Is the Holy Spirit here? The Holy Spirit is outside. Is the Holy Spirit outside? The Holy Spirit is in the marketplace. Is the Holy Spirit in the marketplace? Can the Holy Spirit be limited by time and space? No, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is here. Now, just because the Holy Spirit is here, He will not move unless He's needed. You know, let me share, let me blow your mind. You know, I can be preaching about prosperity for one year, people in this church, they'll be prospering and they will not be getting healed. Do you know, we can preach about the Holy Ghost. People will get drunk in the Holy Ghost and they will not be prospering. Because the Holy Ghost moves, He's a gentle spirit. He's only in, he's, he only exists where He is invited. I mean, He only manifests where He is invited. Now, now, let me share this illustration for us so that I will, I will embellish my thought and we will close for today's service. If you are existing in the days where the earth was without form, void, and darkness, you will condition yourself naturally to live in that environment. Because men are creatures of, actually, men are creatures of condition. What I mean by that is, we naturally condition ourselves 
to the environment we find ourselves. Amen? Really, do men like to change environment? We usually love to condition ourselves to environment. When I was going to London, I entered London, and Nigerians were in the plane. Now, when we landed London, everybody in Nigeria was organized. Nigerians, everybody was organized. We were peaceful. We were gentle. We were nice. Oh, it's your turn? Okay. There was a queue because they had to check our visa and our passport. Now, in the queue, wherever you stand, they will write, you will be with the um, officer in the next 30 minutes. So you move forward again, you will see 20 minutes. You move forward again, you see. So, at the end of the queue, there's a sign that you'll be with the officer in the next one hour. The first sign was one hour. So, the person standing at the end there was happy. He's standing there. He's not complaining that he'll be with the officer in the next one hour. Nigerians! Nigerians! The environment has conditioned them to be orderly. But when I arrived from London and I got to Nigeria, the first people that broke protocol were the leaders. For instance, Tanusi was in my, in my plane, we're in the same plane, he didn't queue up. When we got to Nigeria, we didn't see Tanusi queuing up. When we got to London, whether you were governor, president, ambassador, you will, all of us will follow the same queue. When we got to Nigeria, Tanusi, they followed him from the back. From the back, then he came with the governor of the governor of um, Benue State. They were there. From the back, then some people at the light. Say, see my passport. Just help me. Just scare me, scare me. There was disorder. I cannot. I cannot count how many times the men would say, "Be on a queue. I will not sign anybody's passport. Be on a queue. I say, be on a queue." Trust me, I didn't see any white man shouting in London. Nigerians, the same Nigerians. Listen to me. If you take Mina, you take the people in Mina, just carry them. Take them to London. Then take the people in London and bring them to Mina. Mina will become London. London will become Mina. Because it's not the location that makes the people. It's the people that make the location. Because human beings are actually products of condition. Your family background has conditioned you to be the kind of person that you are. When you see a lady, you're married to a lady, and you see her, she's feisty. You know what I mean by feisty? Everything, every, everybody is suspicious. Something has conditioned her to be like that. That was not how she was. Something conditioned her to be like that. A good Samaritan who is a bad Samaritan on the inside broke her heart. She becomes feisty. Excuse me, eh? what is it? What is it? You will not see fine girl pass you. Must you call me? What, what do you want? What do you want? What's the best thing you can offer to me? 
What can you offer to me? You're just like, hey, 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 hey. I just wanted to ask direction. <laughs> She's feisty. When you see a man that doesn't know how to respect woman or a woman, he has been conditioned by his past that way. Hey, baby, I know. How you doing? He will never ask you up. Never. It is against his principle. Who am I to ask a woman out? Ah, I cannot ask them out. They will just trip. They will fall. Then he calls you. He's just knowing you. You just exchange number. Then he calls you and says, So you will not call me. You have my number. You will not call me. Eh? As in, where is that one starting from? Who finds who? So you will not call me now. You will now use the first mechanism. You are proud though. You are proud. You will not call me. Who is the proud one? Because the man is meant to find. Now if you, if you involve yourself with such a man, you will find that he will not give you respect. It is not because... Sometimes you try to try and change him, but he has been conditioned that way. Even in this time yet, if except something happens, which I will show you, happens to him, he will not change his conditioning. A man that doesn't give gifts has been conditioned that way. A man that knows how to bribe has been conditioned. Let me give you a... Uh, yeah, there are men, I was talking to a woman, she has been angry with her husband and she now says she wants divorce. So she came to my house for counseling. And I counseled her and she wants divorce. You know what the husband now did to sort out the problem? Went to buy her car. Because in his mind, all women want is material things. They are men like that. They don't see women as... They, not, they are women that have been conditioned that way. All they want is material things. Richard Carr, you just see that. Richard Carr, Richard Carr. Blackberry. Their spirit has been conditioned for material things. Blackberry, Blackberry. Thank you very much Because that's how their condition is. And a man that has experienced such a woman, even when he meets a nice woman, will feel that all she wants is material things. Because the past has conditioned his mentality to be like that. Even when he marries his wife, all he'll be doing is giving her money to cook, give her jewelries, give her clothes, but he will not give her himself. So, they are conditioned. We are mostly creatures of condition. A lot of us, you talk like your father, you don't even know. It's beyond you. It's called photo. Because that was the first man you ever saw. What is it about a girl that grew up in the midst of boys and she's doing like this? She's a girl on the inside. But she's a dude on the outside.
is conditioning. Something in her past has conditioned her to be like this. Conditioning. A lady that grows up in a family where the father and the mother, they greet each other with insults. Useless man. Good morning. Foolish woman. Money. I don't tire for you. What will you eat? Be tired now. It's yam. Bring yam. Foolish woman. Why will you finish cooking? Foolish man. You're too hungry. So, if a woman grows up in that environment and she sees her father for 30 years or her mother for 20 years insulting themselves. You're not like your mother. You're like your mother. You behave like your mother. You behave like your mother. Let's go into the bedroom. Foolish woman. Yes, I'll follow you to the bedroom. Foolish man. And they lock the door and they are silent. The woman say, ah, so you can actually live in a quarreling environment and be loved. So, she gets engaged to a guy. <laughs> You're close enough. You can say, hey, hey. So again, I said, what's wrong with you? They can be fighting love. Fight me, just fight me. Let's fight. Can't we call her? Then they refuse to call her, then the woman will pick call her. Who is that you're talking on the phone like that? Who is that? I've known you, I've known you. There's something wrong with you. Then after the fight, then she'll not say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then she'll not say, don't you feel the love is stronger after the fight? Somebody say conditioning. She has been conditioned that way. Now, the first thing God said is, let there be light. Now imagine a family that was living in that condition where there was darkness. When light comes, what do you think they will do? It will be strange. Light will become a threat to them. Light will become a straw to them. Light will become difficult for them to embrace. In fact, they will begin to run away from the light and live in a cave. That is why when people go through crisis, it takes them a very slow process to enter into the realm of change. Pastors have to be very patient. If I start preaching, preaching prosperity, it's not immediately people will just begin to prosper. In fact, 90% of your message was forgotten the moment we shared the grace. Because men are naturally creatures of condition. If you tell them to plan their offering, plan their tithe, if they were spenders before, it will become difficult. It has to be a conscious effort to embrace the new philosophy that will make them move forward in life. So God said, let there be light. The first step to removing chaos from your life or crisis from your marriage is called illumination. Somebody say illumination. When I first saw that, I was confused because I felt when something is in chaos, you shouldn't put light on it. Imagine a young man here, rascal, very disorderly. You go to his house, his bedsheet has not been washed for five weeks, two months. 
When he uses it for two months, he will turn the bedsheet upside down and use the other side of the bedsheet for the next two months. Those kind of guys, now when they use boxers today, they use it, they dump it, they use it, they dump it, they use it, then, he, then the next week they look for the cleanest of the dirtiest. And they wear the boxers, they eat indomie, they just throw it underneath the bed, everything is scattered, just disorderly, disorderly. Sometimes, with his afro, you just find a dry strand of indomie. Disorderly, he's coming to see you. It is as he's getting to you, he's gotten in his shirt. Talking in, just, just rough, just disorderly guy. Most guys here, yeah, that's how their room is. Disorderly. Now, if I send a cameraman to our rooms, to snap it, and come and project you with your name underneath. <laughs> then, your name and your passport photograph. <laughs> so I was running away from church. Now, imagine such a guy is in love with a girl in this church. Who is that guy? Let there be light. He's in love with a girl in this church. What will naturally happen is that he will love to invite the girl to his house when he is prepared. Yeah? Where he can just put perfume. He doesn't have perfume. Put scented powder. <laughs> Somebody's hurry. Ah, Pastor, you know all these tricks. <laughs> I didn't do it for you. <laughs> Praise God. Normally, but but imagine he was just in his room, maybe playing game with one of his friends, wearing boxers. Then the guy just come, 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 John. Not you, John. Where is John? Not you, John. What happens is the girl is coming to a place of light. Nobody living in chaos would love to be exposed. Nobody. Nobody. When your relationship is in chaos, you really not love it to be what? Exposed. Would you be my secret lover? Yeah. Don't tell my pastor. Yeah. Don't tell the church. Yeah. Let us be secret lovers. Yeah. Tell the guy, go and secretly love your pillow. Yeah. Because anything done in disorder does not like the light. Light brings exposure. If this room is dark, there's a possibility for us to hit chairs, fall down from staircase, hit the speaker, I will hit the pulpit a thousand times. Why? Because in darkness, you do not see resources and you do not see obstacles. But God knowing that, the first step to solving a crisis in your marriage or in your life is illumination. Because when there is light, you will see what is rightfully meant to be in the right place and where is not, and things that are not meant to be in that place. And also, if there are snakes, scorpions, lions in this room, and there is light, 
I will not be able to avoid them, and there's no light, I will not be able to avoid them because I do not know where they are. You cannot avoid danger when there is no light. Tell somebody, let there be light. What is light? David said, thy word is a light. Simple. Just leave it there. Thy word is a what? It's a light. It's a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Now, listen to me. The intention for relationship and marriage was intended by God. Now, imagine an old man comes to my house, sees this iPad, does not know the function of the iPad, opens the iPad and just says, ah, this surface is so smooth. Smooth surface. What could this thing be? So smooth. Hmm. Then he puts it on fire. He says, it can fry egg. Smooth surface. The oil will fry the egg very well. Then he begins to break an egg on it. What is it called? Abuse. Abuse meaning abnormal. Anything you use abnormally is called what? Abuse. So also, God is the originator. For me to use this iPad properly, I've got to read the what? The manual. The manual. Who created you? Did you create yourself? If you enter into a marriage covenant with your own manual, you will abuse it. Because there is already a manual for marriage. The first person that instituted marriage is God. Let the man leave and peace. Praise the name of the Lord. Tell somebody, let there be light. If you don't know anything about marriage from the light of God's word, you cannot have a successful relationship. I beat my chest to say it. I shared an illustration for one of my daughters. I said to her, and I'll say this to the church. If I have two people, one is a man, one is a woman. So four people. Now, two men, two women. One of the women... She's living with a guy for 10 years. They are dating for 10 years. They are dating. And they don't understand anything about marriage. They just, everything about their own is romance. The girl passes, just, ooh, you're hot like fire. That's all. Romance. They just understand romance. Romance, romance. Romance, dress hot, baby. Dress hot. Charge me, charge me. My battery is weak. That's all they know. Romance. Then I pick up a woman that is a Nigerian and a man that is a German. And the Nigerian woman, I train her in the virtues of being a wife. And I train this man for 10 years. This German man that cannot speak English. This Nigerian woman that cannot speak German. And I train this German man on the virtues of being a husband from God's word. After 10 years, those two people have been dating for 10 years. I tell them to marry. They don't understand anything about marriage. And these two people that have been trained separately, but they do not understand the same language. I put them in the same house and they get married. These two people that do not understand themselves will have a better successful marriage 
even though there will be a language barrier, but in the dispensation of time, because of their understanding of their duties, their languages will mix. But these two people have been friends, romantic friends, for ten years. When they get married, they will, they will bring about crisis in their marriage. Because marriage is not built on the foundation of romance, it is built on the foundation of the word. Someone say, ouch. Someone say, ouch. So we have a lot of young people eliminating God from their romantic life. Let me rush. I think the next thing that happened, let's go to verse 6. God said, Let there be light. The next thing that happened was differentiation. Somebody say differentiation. For you to eliminate crisis, you must get to a level of differentiation. First is what? First is what? Are we having a church together? First is what? Illumination. Second is differentiation. Differentiation. Verse 6. Then God said, Let there be firmaments in the midst of the waters, and let it divide waters from waters. If you look at it there, you think water is the same thing. But it's not. One water is sea water, the other is um, river, the other is ocean. Right? Tributaries, ponds. God divided all the waters. What God brought in the place of chaos is differentiation. Differentiation is the ability to understand responsibility. No mathematical differentiation. Amen? The ability to understand responsibility. Everything cannot be treated the same. Differentiation. Differentiation. Before I got married to my wife, I used to call her dear. Dear, right? So I got married to her. She now found out that I called everybody dear. My wife said, eh, 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 eh. How many women feel that way? Differentiate me. I'm not the same. How many women feel that way? Because I call all my daughters, my sisters, my mothers, my brothers. Even men. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? How now? Hello, dear. How are you doing? Dear. Everybody's dear. Mike Modoc said that the day he found out that God loves everybody equally, told God, I know you love me. Now I want you to like me. <laughs> because everybody wants to feel special. Where there is no differentiation, there is chaos. Where there is no differentiation, there is what? Chaos. You have to understand your responsibilities as a human being. In marriage, everybody has to understand their responsibilities. The woman is not responsible for going out to work so that money will come to the house. That responsibility does not belong to the woman according to scriptures. Because the word father in the Hebrew means source. So the man is meant to be the source of the family. Secondly, the man is actually meant to be the priest of the family. But in Nigerian families, it is the women that bring up altar, family altar. They are the more spiritual ones. Praise God. That brings chaos. You find out that only the mother and the children are always in family altar. The father will be crashing and be sleeping. 
When he feels like coming for family altar, he'll come out. When he doesn't feel like, because he's not acting in his place of responsibility. Let's go on, because of time. The next thing, verse 9. Somebody say demarcation. Somebody say demarcation. First is illumination. Second is what? Differentiation. The third is demarcation. He said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Let the waters be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Every time a man does not understand his boundaries, he will bring about chaos. Demarcation. Things have to be done in demarcation. Boundary. Space. God is a God of space. He's a God of space. He's a God of heaven. Space. The God of earth. Another space. God is a God of space. If you do not respect spaces, you will offend God and it will bring about crisis in your life. You have to be able to understand space. Even if your Holy Ghost feels, you must be able to understand boundaries. Everybody has a boundary. Every nation has a boundary. Every gift has a boundary. Even though I am filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm the most powerful Nigerian upon the face of the earth with the power of the Holy Ghost. If I get to America without this, I, I have broken my word. I bound it. They will send me out. I cannot tell them, Manzuka, Ekatolobo, Zireba, Lepragadaba, Holy Ghost Visa, Mishke. It will not work. How many Holy Ghost people? You're, you're very, you pray in the Holy Ghost, you just feel, I feel America, I'm going to the airport. It's a lie. I just prayed in the Holy Ghost. I feel United States. I had it in my spirit. No embassy. Straight to the airport. You just get there. You say, I felt the Holy Ghost. Hey, you, give me space. You spend your night in prison, praying in tongues. Because there are boundaries. Life is about boundaries. We serve a God that understands space. In the Old Testament, the tabernacle, which represented Jesus Christ, is the outer court, space. The inner court, space. The holies of holies, space. Not everybody had access to all the spaces. Because everybody had their what? Boundaries. The people could bring their sacrifice to the outer court, lay it on the altar and burn it. And the smoke would be carried by the priest. They will enter the inner court. Now there is a single priest that has the ability to enter into the holies of holies. Because that is the way God operates. There is space. And you have to be qualified for another space. Boundary. The same way with a human's body. There's an outer court, a woman's body. Outer court. Her heart is her inner court. Then there's a holy of holies. If you're not a priest over her life, you don't have access into the holies of holies. When a woman allows a man that is not a priest over her life into the holies of holies, she causes chaos in her soul. So I say, ouch. Just pretend. Face front. I think I'm not talking to you. It, it has nothing to do with you. Just face me. Just so that nobody will know. Her outer body is her outer court. We have to understand boundaries in our life. 
I'm a man of boundaries. What is my boundary? I'm a man of one wife. So because I have fine, beautiful girls in church, I'm going to say, oh my God, thank you for blessing me. We find fine babies everywhere. The wives of the men in this church, they are not my wife. Some pastors have missed it. A woman came to me and said that the pastor said that if she's, she's, not, she has, she's looking for the fruit of the womb, that if he sleeps with her, that he has anointed liquid. Please, there are children here, close their ears. Anointed liquid. That she just charge her. That if he does it Tuesday, she should go to the hospital and check. Boundaries. We've got to understand our boundaries. Husband, you must know your boundaries. Wife, you must know your boundaries. If you break boundaries, you cause chaos. Every time a boundary is broken, chaos is ignited. Every time. Even in church, there are boundaries. Praise the name of the Lord. I cannot go to SOS, Pastor Victor's ministry, and now be the father of the ministry. The people in his ministry are his children. They are not mine. They are not mine. I cannot begin to tell him how to do things in his ministry. I am breaking my boundary. We have a lot of fathers that do that. They dismantle everything, dismantle what you started. In one day, they'll come and preach pooping. What are you people doing here? You call this church? 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 See that woman with her hair open? See that one wearing clothes? You call this church? Church? What kind of church is this? The Holy Ghost is great. <laughs> you bring a lady, Nina, to handle transition in front of the pooping? Women are meant to sit at the back of the church. What kind of thing is it? Let them be silent in church. That's the doctrine of God. <laughs> because of your doctrine, you don't understand boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries in people's lives. Let me give you an illustration. If the vine shares his secret with me as his pastor, if I come to share his secret on the pulpit, I have broken a boundary. Because... I have no right to take what is done in secret and bring it out publicly. Praise the name of the Lord. I've broken my pastoral boundaries. Conversations should have boundaries. Uh, uh. Nobody hears your conversation. But in the airwaves, text messages are flying everywhere. Chats. Even your chat should have boundaries. As a married man, there are some things you should not even share with girls when you are chatting with them. Hello, what are you doing? I just took my bath. Oh, you just took your bath. What are you wearing? Just reply him. Demarcation. Pastor's message. Bringing order to crisis. They put exclamation. One, two, three. What's your concern with what she's wearing? What will you use it for? You only do that with your wife. 
The reason why a lot of us have chaos in our emotional life, ladies, is because you don't have boundaries in your conversation. So now you don't know who is who. I'll ask you, so is there a guy in your life? That's not actually about four of them. Ah. I don't know, I don't know. One of them NCN, one of them Glow, one of them There are this ethel guy. You have become information technology. Because you don't know how to control boundaries. You are dating somebody already. You say it's a serious relationship, but you are chatting another person up to ask you out. Boundaries. There is not only guys that play nowadays, though. Women. Boundaries. There's a boundary of a boyfriend. There's a boundary for engagement. There's a boundary for a married man in your life. Now, when you take a boyfriend and give him the right of a married man, you do not expect him to begin to fulfill the responsibilities of a married man to you. You've given him all the rights. Listen, people value what they pay for. People value what they pay for. I'm in this church now. A lot of people have come to this church that they want to be pastors. I've never anointed anybody in this church as a pastor. I'm the only pastor. Now, because there was no pastor in court to take transition, I took this transition. That's the price I'll pay. But listen, when I create a value for the position, the day I anoint somebody in this church as a pastor, he has gone through a series of training to become, a, to, to take the position, understand the vision of House on the Rock, understand the mandate of House on the Rock, that person will value that position. He just knows you. Three months. You're already in his house, lying down, opening your leg, watching film with him. And he's going to say, come close. Close to where? Tell somebody boundaries. You're a married man. You cannot stay with a girl as a married man outside late and your wife does not know about it. Boundaries. Most of the reason why there is chaos in our relationship is because one, there's no illumination. Two, there's no differentiation. We cannot differentiate who is who, what is what, what is for God, what is for us, what is for the shepherd, what is for the sheep. We don't know how to differentiate. And thirdly, there are no boundaries in our relationship. No boundaries. No boundaries. Your life should be a life of boundaries. Any church that there's no boundary, there will be disorder. I've gone to churches, the person that will take announcement, we share the word. The person that will do transition, we share the word. The person that will, everybody is just sharing word. They don't even know the right time to speak in tongues. Everybody is speaking in tongues everywhere. Oh, Mushata, the glory of God is here. He's so here. He's here. Manto, oh, I have an announcement to share. Oh, When you're in class, your lecturer is lecturing. You used to do push, <laughs> Take announcement, you share what? Take, take, take um, um, testimony, you start a revival service. Yeah, yeah, paper. Is there any sick person here? Come out quickly. This same sickness that has just been testified. I guarantee you the anointing of the Holy Ghost is here now to heal everybody. You start another revival service. That's the last time.
they call you to sing, sing. Let everything be done decently and in order. They call you to sing your song, sing your song. I was in my prayer chambers and the Lord said to me, we don't want to know. Sing your song. Somebody lift up your hands here. We're about to call on the glory of God. Tell somebody it's going to be better. You may go. Chicken and go straight to the... We give you five minutes. Five minutes is your boundary. It's your boundary. Imagine if I keep all of us here for five hours. Do you think you'll be happy with me? No matter the amount of revelation I'm giving. There is no way, even if you were blessed, you'd be like, wow, what a, what a service. You go, you still complain. The ah, pastor kept us for five hours. Five hours. I'll begin to see people be coming to church with food. The pastor is just sip it, sip it. Because there must be boundaries. Ladies, anybody that deserves an outer court, leave him where? Don't take somebody from the outer court into the inner court. For guys, you must have boundaries for your life, for your relationship. If you're dating somebody, every other lady should be a friend, not a girlfriend. Your hands should have boundaries. Koinonia girls, tell the guys, demarcation. You're hugging a girl, you're doing like this. Baby. No! Demarcation. <laughs> because a lot of guys sit down, please. A lot of guys don't know their boundaries. They hug you anyhow, anyhow. Baby, how you doing? How you doing? My baby girl. Long time. I've not seen you. There's something called a Christian hug. It exists. Tell somebody, it exists. It's not only in BBGP. It exists. I'm not saying become, become religious. Because pastor said we should do Christian hug. Christian hug. Let's count. One, two, three. Praise God. Did you feel anything? I did. What about you? I did it. Praise God. <laughs> no. Even in your cordialness, even in your cordial nature, recognize boundaries. Amen? If that was your sister, how would you have loved somebody to hug her? Not you now, a stranger. <laughs> because you, we don't know. <laughs> Amen? Somebody, somebody say boundaries. Illumination. Because you have to have light. Now, the most terrible thing is talking to somebody that is ignorant, but the person feels is right. I've been counseling people for some time. But the most terrible thing as a pastor to experience is to be talking to somebody that is ignorant and the person feels he's right. The reason why there's crisis is because you're ignorant about something. If there's order, then you're not ignorant. I think I'm out of time. I'll continue next week. Amen. Let me share this story for you. There's a man. He just... They just employed him in NMPC. So he entered a very Yoruba man, Bush Yoruba man that he knows book for his bush from the village. Just passed, got a first class, they gave him employment. 
and entered an empty restaurant. Just saw one square cloth on the table. He looked around, he folded it nicely, he opened it square. He didn't know what it was meant for. Just looked at it, looked at it, looked at it. That just be like this. And inside eating. Nobody said anything. By the following week, he has done it every day of the week in the restaurant. He became very confident of his action. The next day he just like this. So his friend came to visit him from the village in NPC, he showed the friend the office, he took the friend to the restaurant. So he so the friend now saw also saw the square napkin on the table. Friend said, oh, what's this one? He said, No, don't worry, just do like this with it. So the friend too, both of them in the restaurant. Then one day, we were having a get together in the office for the families of every managerial staff. So he too, they say he should bring his family members. He brought them. And they were eating on the table. His children, his wife, and him. A Bush family. And he's the priest. So they dropped nothing again, arranged it. Etiquette. Beautiful, the fork, the knife with the little square napkin on the table. So the children said, Daddy, what is this? They ah, this, just do like this. The wife, him, children, they were sitting down. They just saw other people. They were doing like this. They were putting the napkin, they were putting it here. Some were putting it on their lap before they eat. Some were just hanging in here. Then called the student and said, You see, that's why it's good to have a very wise father. See all of them. They don't even know what to do with it. They tell, tell God I'm exposing you people. See all this family, they are not exposed. The man was in ignorance. In ignorance, deep in ignorance. But he didn't know he was in ignorance. His own wisdom is better than every other person's wisdom. We have a lot of people like that. Some people, as I finish preaching now, they will live here and feel they are smarter than the Word of God. They will still carry their hanky, put it on their shoulders. They feel they have a better light than the light of God's Word. They feel they know more than what God is. They will not adjust their life. They will continue to live in crisis. But today I dare to challenge you. Let there be light. Let there be light. Let there be light in your life. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Anybody walking outside the will of God is stupid. Proverbs 27 verse 22. Proverbs 27 verse 22. Though thou should pray a fool in a mortar, to pray means to pound, to pound. Though thou should pound a fool in a mortar, among wheat, with a pistol, yet will not his foolishness depart from him. Even if you pound a fool in a mortar, with pistol and with grains, he says he will not depart from his foolishness. 
A lot of such people, when they hear instruction like this for their life, their destiny, it's for the pastor. I didn't say the Bible calls you a fool. It's only a fool that will keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Zig Ziglar calls it insanity. It's not that we do not all make mistakes. We make mistakes in our lives. The Bible says pride leads to a what? We all make mistakes. I've made mistakes in my life. The proof of wisdom is the proof of mistakes. Nobody can be wise except they have made a mistake. We've all made mistakes in our lives. Nobody in this church is perfect. Show me a perfect person and I'll show you a liar. We've all made mistakes in our lives. The best time to do what was right or what is right is then. The next best time is now. When you know what is right, do it. That's a wise man. That's a wise man. A fool reproves correction. He doesn't like correction. Praise the name of the Lord. So I'm talking to us as a church. If you want to get your life in order, first of all, get illumination. Maybe on Thursday I'll just cover the remaining two parts. Praise the name of the Lord. Somebody say order. Somebody say let there be light. Somebody shout let there be light. Church shout let there be light. Please celebrate Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. For further inquiries, please call 0703-082-2216 or follow us on Instagram or Twitter at HOTRMina or like us on Facebook at HOTRMina or email us at info at gmail.com. God bless you.